I wanted to take a moment and look at some different ways you can study the Bible. Um, and this, and hear me, the first thing I, I'm saying here, <laughs> what we talked about for the last several weeks is the way that you should do your quiet time, that you should try to study the Word for yourself. But I think everyone, at least I know I do and I, I know others do, there comes points in time where you might just need to do something different. Not for a week, but maybe for a day. Um, and I want us to, to sort of talk about that tonight in terms of how we can use tools outside of the Bible that refers to the Bible to maybe uh, give us some fresh energy to study. And so that's, that's what I'm going to sort of look at tonight with you. Um, and that said, uh, that, that's sort of where we're heading. So let's start off with prayer together, okay? Father, we ask you to speak in our lives. We ask for you to help us to build our relationship with you. To understand how much you care for us your passion for us, your passion to, for us to get to know you in a way that is powerful. Father, I do thank you for giving us your word where we can dwell and we can find new things of you every single day. No matter how many times we've looked at it, your Holy Spirit still reveals things to us. And we thank you for that. God, I pray tonight as we look at um, some different ways of studying the Bible and, and some, some things that sometimes I think might be necessary for us to just look at you differently, I pray that we'll learn something from these, that maybe some things that I share, maybe some things that, that people can take and, and run with and help them in their quiet time with you. Father, thank you that we can come together and celebrate who you are. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So, uh, Eunice could tell you, Eunice is my wife. Eunice can tell you music is a big deal to me. Um, I enjoy music. It is a way that I express uh, who I am very often to God. Um, it's normally not, it will never be done, well, I will not say it never be done because I've learned don't ever say never to God because then he'll get you. Um, but it will never be done <laughs> as a soloist. I don't feel comfortable in the choir even though I enjoy singing. That's not who I am. But I still do it because I enjoy doing it. But music means a lot to me. It's, it's very much how God speaks. One of favorite things I like to do is, is to look at the psalms and that type of thing because there is a poetry in those songs um, that, that I can think of. And so music is a big deal to me. Um, and one of the ways when you find yourself in a place where you're caught in a routine of doing Bible study to do Bible study, you ever been there? I have. You check it off, and then you move on, and you go do the next thing. If you catch yourself in that routine, sometimes you need to break the routine to get back to the way it should be. 
And sometimes for me, that's music. And what I'm going to share with you is a couple of songs this evening that help me um, sort of get a refocus of, of looking at Scripture in a fresh way. And so that's, that's what you've got on your paper are actually two songs that I've given you the words to. Um, the first song, both of them are actually written by coincidence by Nicole Nordeman. Um, but both of them deal with a scene in the Bible. It's a story from the Bible. Uh, the first one, Something Out of Me, deals with Luke 9, 10 through 17. It's Jesus feeding the 5,000. Keith just spoke about this not too long ago. And if you remember the story, there's only, there's very little food or bread. They've been there all day. And Jesus says, we need to feed these people. And the disciples says, we can't. And you remember the story. And we'll look at it in a minute. But have you ever thought of that story from the one of the 5,000? Normally, we'll look at it from whose perspective? The disciples. Sometimes we'll look at it from Jesus' perspective. But have you ever looked at the story from one of the 5,000's perspective? Because they probably heard the rumor, and they know they're hungry, and they've probably heard Jesus talking to the disciples, we've got to feed these people, and the rumor gets around, you know how the rumor gets around stuff, and it comes to them and says, Jesus is going to feed us all. What do you feel like if you're one to 5,000? Well, this song sort of takes that perspective. And this is what she wrote. Just you and me on a hillside and 4,999. <laughs> so it's Jesus and her and 4,999. And as we uh, Keith talked about when he gave the sermon, that's probably just the men. That's not counting the women and the children. And says, if you could see on the inside what I brought, what I need, how I'm caught in between. So she's one of those people that's come to hear Jesus, to hear what he says, to, to maybe look for a miracle, to maybe uh, see miracles, to, to hear what life is about. But she comes with her own burdens. You lifted bread to the blue sky, and they said they just watched it multiply. But I'm in the back of a long line, all how I want to believe that there's enough left for me. Now, here's one of those places where songs can be good and songs can mislead you. What she said about I'm in the back of a long line, is that what happened in the Bible? What did he ask them to do? Sit down in circles, form groups. But you still see her point. There's a little bit of bread. There's a little bit of fish. Is it really going to make it to me? You ever been at a wedding or somewhere and they call up the tables individually and you have to wait? That is one of the worst things. <laughs> I always try to figure out a way. How can I get up front? <laughs> because you just don't want to wait. And there's also the question of is all the good stuff going to be gone? And that's part of what this song is bringing up, that perspective. Um, <clears throat> and then I'll skip down to, to the, the chorus part. It says, 
You take all kinds of nothing and turn it right into something. I see impossible, but you see a basket full. A little bit of this sounds crazy, a little bit of just maybe. You take every doubt and you make something out of me, something out of me. So you see her point is God is sufficient. There is something for us, no matter where we are and what we stand for. And where we find ourselves, God is there to deliver. And there's plenty. It may look impossible, but God's there. Now, I'm going to read you the actual passage of Scripture. Uh, it's found Luke 9, 10 through 17. We're going to look at it real quick. It says, when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. And he took them with him, and they withdrew themselves to the town called Bethsaida. The crowd learned about it, and they followed him, and they welcomed him and spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed healing. So it was a great day. And then it says, late in the afternoon, the twelve got, came to him and said, send the crowd away so that they can go to surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we're in a remote place here. He said, give them something to eat. They answered, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. And he says about 5,000 men were there. But he said to the disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50, and the disciples did so, and everybody sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke it and broke them. And then he gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And they all ate and were satisfied, and disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. So what that song helped me do was change my perspective of a parable, I've, I mean of a story I've heard so many times in life. What about the 5,000? And what they experienced that day. They saw people healed. They heard tremendous teaching. And then even their physical needs were satisfied. So sometimes music can get you a different place where you look at Scripture in a different way. But it's important to not look to the song, but look to the Scripture behind the song. Because that's the danger we can fall into. As we look at a song and say, that's me, but we need to make sure it backs up with Scripture. The next song I'm going to do is, is actually a, it's a fairly long video. And this video is a music video. And it talks about the perspective of the thief, which we, by the way, don't know is a thief, a criminal that was hanging with Jesus on the cross. Remember, there were two people hanging with Jesus on the cross. And this song takes the perspective of the, of the criminal that recognizes Jesus for who he is and thinks from his perspective. So that's what I want to show you next. Let's watch that.
Life began like any other man. Held beneath a mother's loving gaze. Somewhere between now and then, I lost the man I could have been.
tools around us today that they have never had before. And we should use those tools. But we should also be careful of those tools. The tools should always draw us towards God in a way that is real. Um, This, again, looking at a piece of scripture in a way that I'd never looked at before came through this song. Yeah, you hear about the thief hanging on the cross with Jesus, but what about his life? What about led him to that moment? What were his thoughts? We don't know those. And so this song tries to to envelop that and, and show what it is. And one of the things that really hit me in this song was this this idea of um, what, what he says these words? It says, um, and that in the, the the thing that he can't get over, that he wishes he could, is is that he says, for all my sorrows and regrets, nothing compared to just just this one, that in the presence of my King, I cannot fall on my knees. Think about that. You can't. I cannot carry you to your throne. That's what I should be doing. But instead, you carry me back home. It's a powerful thought. And it's what God does for every single one of us through Jesus Christ. And it's not, in terms of it being a gift, it's it's there for all of us. And so sometimes music can bring you to a place where it'll give you fresh perspective. 
Sometimes the video can do that. Going to a movie about who God is, can, you know, you see different ones that have come out from time to time. But you also have to be careful of those things. I remember in the 50, oh, I don't remember, but I am one of those people who watched TCM, the old movie channel. And, you know, uh, when the Ten Commandments came out, Seth Beatles Mill was, was it, and box office smash. So what did Hollywood start doing? Making a bunch of movies about biblical stories. Ten Commandments was pretty close. I mean, it followed the Bible pretty well. But folks, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Solomon and Gomorrah that was made in the 50s. It's as far away from the Bible as it could possibly be. But yet some people look at that and say, ah, that's the story. No, it's not. For these tools to be something that are good, they need to bring us to the Bible. They need to help us refresh and understand what a new perspective is as we look at our relationship with God. And so while tools can be a great thing, they can all be, also be something that can be abused if we aren't careful. So that's just one tool that I use when I find myself struggling with where things are and what's going on. But there are other tools uh, that, that I like to use when I find myself stuck in my, my quiet times. One of those is just listen. Sometimes I just need to, to stop and be quiet. For me, that's going out. We've got a little porch area behind our house that's screened in. For me, that's where I go. A lot of times during this time of year, I'm not going in the middle of the day because it's too hot. But about 10 o'clock at night, a lot of times I'll find myself going out there just, just to go out and to be able to listen. And just hear and talk to God and pray. Not in a formal way. But I'm just thinking in my mind. Praying in my mind. Sometimes it comes out verbally. Most of the time it doesn't. But just trying to gain perspective. And sometimes we need to do that. To get back to where we're learning and that relationship with God the way we want it to be through the Bible study is what it's supposed to be. And sometimes you need to do that. There are times that you may need to speak. Um, I'll go out on the back porch because I don't want you to hear what I'm saying. <laughs> there are times when I'll, I'll just talk out loud. Sometimes I'll take a moment and just praise God and, and talk through it. Sometimes there's times where I'll just struggle with something. Sometimes it's verbal, sometimes it's not. Sometimes my Bible gets opened in that time and sometimes it doesn't. But to be honest with God is, is an important thing. Um, to take time to praise him. You know, we read uh, uh, in the Psalms a lot of praise songs. Have you ever written a praise song yourself? I'm not telling you to get it published. But have you ever sat down and wrote God a praise song? Sometimes I do that just to get my mind back right. Sometimes I need, I'll write God a letter. 
dear God, and I'll, when, when Eunice and I were dating, um, we were in, in college, and this was before the day of FaceTime and all this other stuff. Um, phone calls were something that were expensive for a college student to do. She was in Boston, Massachusetts for a while, and then she was at Furman, and I was at the University of North Carolina. And so we wrote by letter, and that's how we communicated. Take about four days for a letter to get to her and four days for it to get to me and that type of thing. That's how we communicated. Folks, I hate writing letters except to two people, two, two individuals. One's Eunice, and the other one is God. But every once in a while, I'll sit down and write a letter and say, God, this is what's going on. And what it does, it helps me focus on having to say what's going on to describe my life. That may be something you want to try if you find yourself stuck somewhere. The other thing you might try to do is, is the questions you have. Um, if you've got your Bible with, with you, turn to Psalm 13. Psalm 13. Now, David was a man after God's own heart, right? Close to God. You see how Psalm 13 starts out? How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How dare David say such a thing to God? You think God was mad at him for saying that? I don't think so. Because I think the number one thing that God wants from us is honesty. If that's where we are, that's what we need to say. If that's what we're struggling with, then we need to struggle with it with God and not some other way. And David was just being honest. We don't know exactly when this one was. It could have been a lot of times in David's life because there were times that God probably did seem far away from him. But that's how he started out. And he says, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me, God, and answer, O Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. So he's just, this is where I'm at, God. This is what I'm feeling. You have the right to do that to God. He's, he's big enough to take that. But notice in the attitude he does this. My, oh Lord, my God. So David's not disclaiming God. He's just, where are you, God? He knows God's there, but he doesn't sense him, and he's just writing it out. And then notice what he says in verse 5, but... I trust in your unfailing love. And he goes on, my heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord for he has been good to me. What David has done as he's written out this song is he's worked through where he's at. And in a way, God has helped him answer his own question. You've helped me in the past. See what he says at the end of this? I will sing to the Lord, for he's been good to me. 
So just expressing it has brought him to the point of realizing, okay, I don't feel like God's present. I'm wondering what's going to happen to me or if my enemy's going to win. But I've been here before, and God has been good to me. And therefore, I can trust in you. Sometimes you might need to have that conversation with God when you're hurting. God wants to have conversation with you. Sometimes it might help to write it out. Sometimes it might be just find a place to talk it out. But that will bring a freshness to the relationship and make when you go to study the Bible, I think, mean a whole lot more. There are times when we look at our lives and what goes on and, and we have questions and so forth, and, and sometimes we may hurt to the point where we don't even know what to say. You've been there? Some of you in this room have. And there's a neat passage of Scripture that, I, that just rings to me oftentimes is, is from Romans 8, verse 26. If you'll turn to that, Romans 8, verse 26, we'll be looking through um, 28. Paul has just been talking about how life is hard. He says the whole creation has been groaning. It's in pain. Waiting for God to reveal himself to, for the adoption of us believers. But we're not there yet. And so in the midst of that groaning, there is a hope that Paul talks about. But there is also a way to, that Paul says God helps us in our weakness. He says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for. You ever been there? That's what we talked about. Well, God knows you're going to get there sometimes in life. And notice what he says. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. You don't have to be able to put it in words. God knows through his spirit. And what hit me just recently as I looked at this is notice how the spirit expresses what we can't. What does the spirit do, it says here? It groans. God's Holy Spirit groans with us, for us. Is coming alongside us and feeling our pain. That's powerful. To know that we have a God, even when we can't put in words what we're dealing with, there's a God who's still there. There may be points in time in your life where that's what's keeping you from studying the Bible. Well, you hurt so much, you, you just, where are you, God? And I don't want to listen to you. You ever been there? That, that happens. But one of the things you can think about is there's a God who understands where you are and who wants to bring that relationship back the way it's supposed to be. 
Sometimes that can come through a Bible study and God revealing himself through Scripture, just as this Scripture might. But sometimes it might just take prayer to where you just have a sit down, make sure you're apart, that nobody's going to disturb you, and you just talk to God. What I do when I want that to happen is I go to the mountains and I hike. Now, I enjoy hiking otherwise too, but I found the mountains to be a place where I can go because you know what? In most mountain places, there's no cell phone reception. You can get away from the internet. And it gives you, as, as I walk along a path, a journey to a place, it gives me a chance to be by myself with God. And sometimes, for Bible study to come back afresh, we need to have those times and places where we do that. So that we're not stuck in routine. So that we see our relationship with God as something that is meant to grow and not just something we check off to say we did it today. I don't know what it is for you that can help you get there when you get stuck. It's going to be different for each one of us. There are some people who I will will say I'll never write. I couldn't write a letter to God. Have you ever drawn? I know there was one person uh, in my uh, at Rivlin Hills who would draw her feelings about what was going on with God, and that was her part of her quiet time ritual was how she straightened out her life was drawing what she was feeling. It can be a myriad of different ways that you can get there, depending on what your gifts and how God's working in your life. So while Bible study is the ultimate thing that all of us should be doing, I just wanted to give you a moment to say sometimes if you just find yourself doing a routine, then maybe you need to break the routine. Not break it by yourself, but break it with God. It should always lead you back to using the Bible as your source of where your relationship is developed. But sometimes we might need to do something a little different for us to go further in our relationship with God. A couple of other things I, I just want to say um, in response. There, there's another thing you can do. Sometimes reading, if you're a reader, sometimes reading a book can help you get a new perspective, uh, a commentary on a passage of Scripture or something. I've got actually a book here, The Heart of the Story. That's by Randy Fraze. And um, this book is the best book I've ever seen written by an individual to... Uh, put it in, in terms that are easy to understand how God worked from the beginning all the way through Moses, the prophets, the kings, all those things to get us to Jesus and the disciples and puts the story together of the Bible in a very good way. You know, there's that oftentimes used to be called the golden thread of redemption that was all through there. This book does a great job of, of doing that. 
And this might be a source that you could use to help along the way. I've got some copies of this book down front. If you want one, ask that you just do one family. And I'd ask you to take it only if you're going to do it. <laughs> some of us aren't readers, and I understand that. Um, but I've got some copies here. If, you, if you're ever wondering how does the Bible tie together, this is a great resource. One other thing that I do uh, just as a, a thought for your Bible study time is when I start a study of a book, and normally what I do is what Keith has talked about and what Keith does is, is you study a book at a time. And one of the things that's helped me more than anything is the first time, my first day of that time where I'm going to start looking at a new book, I read the whole thing through. If it's, for instance, uh, Ephesians, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read it just like it's a, a story that somebody has written out. Because guess what? That's how the people who first heard it, that's what they did. Somebody read it to them. They read the whole thing. And so it, it helps you get a perspective so that you don't just start out. I mean, most of us know, like if you read the Gospels, we know where it ends up. But the letter to Ephesians or to 1 Corinthians or one of the Old Testament prophets, you don't know where they're going a lot of times unless you sit down and read it from beginning to end to get that perspective so that then when you go back to study it, you know where they're headed. So that's just another tip or thought as you do Bible study. Things to encourage us to, to develop that relationship with God. And then the final thing I, I'll leave you with, I've spoken out about before about a year, year and a half ago. The thing that changed my quiet time with God is this. There was a little book called My Heart's Christ Home. And he describes, the, the author describes a relationship of, of God coming into your life once you're a Christian and fixing the rooms of your house the way they're supposed to be. In other words, the living, the, let's say the kitchen is your appetites and desires. So you get the kitchen cleaned up in the way it's supposed to be to have a relationship with God. That idea, your desires are right. Well, one room he mentions, I think is, the, is called the study. And it's the place where God meets with this individual and, 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 and it's Jesus is who, who's having this conversation in this book. He's, Jesus says to him, hey, I like this room. Let's come here every day and let's meet together because this is a good place to meet. And the man's all excited. Oh, boy, I'm going to meet with God every day. This is going to be great. I'm going to be with Jesus. And he does it for several weeks and enjoys it. And then there's this meeting, and then he wakes up late, and then, he, and then, and then, and he doesn't do it anymore. And he's bounding down the steps of his uh, life, going out the door, and he sees the study door open. And he sees Jesus waiting there at the time they used to meet. And the point of the story is this. God wants to have a relationship with he wants to develop that relationship. It's not like he's doing us a favor. It's that he cares for us and he wants to have that one-on-one -on -one relationship with us. And as the man comes bound, down, bounding by the steps, he, he stops, he sees that Jesus has been in the study. He says, have you been here the whole time? He says, yes, this is what we said we would do. And Jesus basically says, I'm, I want to develop a relationship with you. 
that helps me more than anything to understand what Bible study, what quiet time should be. God wants to reveal himself to me. He wants me to reveal myself to him. He desires that. That blows me away. (laughs) That God desires to have a relationship with me. And oftentimes that can be what brings freshness in just remembering that. Thanks for coming tonight. Let's close in prayer. God, help us as we study you, your word to, to find new ways to, to gain insight of what our relationship with you is all about. May we look to come to know you in a more deep way, in a way that we understand more of who you are and who we're called to be. And Father, I pray that you will continue to help us in those times when we're stuck, when we get to where we're just doing a routine, forgive us for that, first of all. But help us to refresh the relationship, to use the resources we have around us to do that, to rely on your word, to guide us and direct us as we live in a way that honors you. Thank you for wanting to have a relationship with us, not just a relationship, but a personal relationship one where we are valued by you and, Father, where we value you and we recognize you for the God that you are. And we pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Thanks for coming.